Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by PDP Technical Advisor Dan Wright. Dan, how are you going? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, so um, this week I'm asking the question rather than you, so a little, little flip, role <laughs> reversal. Um, so I was recently asked on a course, uh, what is coaching? Okay. Okay, so a super broad question, um, but I think one that might generate some good conversation. So I'll hand over to you first. So what, what is coaching in your eyes? Yeah, look, I look at it as, first of all, helping develop humans. You know, this is a human activity with human complexity, and we're trying to help people improve in whatever they're doing. Um, and I think primarily that comes down to the environment that we facilitate. You know, I think that's our job as coaches is to create a learning environment, create a place where there's trust, create a place where, you know, there's openness and people can take risks, fail, succeed, and learn the whole time, whatever the outcome. Um, so that's kind of my initial idea around it. Um, really would tie it up to the environment. What about you? Yeah, I think I've always gone with this sort of um, better people, better players approach. So I think you can have a really long paragraph about um, technical and tactical and, and, and what your players look like and the journey you're trying to take them on. But better people and better players for me sort of um, encapsulates all of that. So we're, we're looking at trying to make better humans in terms of how they interact with people and their relationships, you know, their manners, um, their ways that they deal with adversity and problems. And then within that, we're trying to make better players that can hopefully go and play play the, 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 the top level, the top level that they can achieve. So it's sort of un, unlocking that potential. I also, I also like the line of, you know, a coach is someone that helps people get better quicker. Mm. Um, I, I think that's your job. So if you're not if you're not helping people improve, whether that's as a person or as a footballer or both, then then you're not really coaching in minds. Yeah, it's, it, as you say, it is super broad, and I, I look at it primarily about relationship building. You know, I think if you're going to have those things, like I mentioned earlier, around trust, um, helping develop better people, then you've got to have relationships, which com- which comes back to knowing the individuals. It comes back to understanding the dynamics around the players, and it, it's very easy in coaching, particularly in football, where the you know sort of majority of our audience lies, to get tied up in the X's and the O's and the tactical technical side of it. Um, and I think more and more we're all recognizing the soft skills that go with leadership and developing culture um, that are so crucial in terms of building relationships with players and therefore being able to help them. If you don't have a relationship with the individual or a relationship with the group, it's very, very hard to go forward. And that takes time. Um, mm. So I think you've got to invest time. You've got to you know, make sure you're having conversations away from the training ground, away from the, the sort of um, you know, heat of the moment on the training pitch or on game day. And just continually soak up as much as you can uh, about the people that you're working with because there is so much that goes on within every single individual player's life and, and every every sort of aspect of that and then that ties ties together to sort of make this perfect storm or this really you know um, stormy system of people um, and that's not a black and white uh, or a, a straightforward process it's really about understanding what each player needs and, and that comes back to building relationships 
Yeah, and it goes back to sort of the, the, the non-linear journey that we talk about a lot. Do you think in, in your coaching journey that, that that sort of mindset for you has shifted? So I think from my personal perspective, like when I first started coaching, I was super interested in the X and O's. I still am, yeah. but I'd collect sessions and I'd watch sessions and I'd watch coaches work and I'd watch YouTube. And I felt like there was a sort of a silver bullet or a magic pill or a secret source <laughs> that, 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 you, that these session plans are going to take me from here to here. And I suppose as I've gone through my journey, I've probably flipped my priorities now more about knowing the understand, knowing the people, understanding their stories, you know, their school life, their home life, um, their, you know, their anxieties, their confidence. That stuff, I think, is, is much more important than the X's and O's. And like you said, it, it drives that. Is, that. is that a journey that you can sort of... Um, sympathize with yeah i think so i mean look without doubt if you're coaching anything you have to have knowledge of what you're coaching so knowledge is important but i think and i've written about this before i think one of my favorite parts of coaching is the leadership aspect and the ability to try and inspire and lead people around you um so yeah i think if i look back when i first started coaching i was probably naive as to how complex it was i think um, I, I sort of really reflect and think, well, what did I want to do? I probably wanted to stand on the sideline and, and lead a group of people and have the glory of winning a competition, when in fact, most of that was irrelevant. Um, and as a 19 or 20 year old coach, when I started out, that was that was sort of my mindset. So as much as I've always been inspired by the leadership, I think like anything with time, your understanding improves um, and you realize that it takes a lot more than just a really special halftime talk or, um, or a good couple of sessions that really flow just to get players going. Yeah, I know you've written about this and it's it's on the website. So then, so your ego attached to that has probably changed as well. So initially you talked about, I wanted to do this and I wanted yeah. to do that and we I was going to win a trophy. And it isn't really about you, is it? it, it it's about the players and, and where they can take themselves on that journey. Absolutely. And I think I've always had a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about tracksuit culture. And I think that's because I'm an outsider being, you know, a Kiwi coaching in the UK and, and coming in here. My, one of my first experiences was turning up on a on a, a B license course very early in my arrival and seeing all these tracksuits from all these clubs that, you know, from where I came from, this was unbelievable. You know, you're seeing all these clubs and all these coaches wearing kit and suddenly you realize that once you get past that um, and actually get to the coaching, there's, there's a bit more than just the tracksuit. And I think we have to remove our own ego because if we do that, then we have a real understanding and acceptance of what we don't know. And sometimes mm. what we don't know can be even more powerful than what we do know. And that way, if we acknowledge that we don't know everything, we're then on a shared learning journey with our players and we're all improving as people. And I think it's important that coaches have that absolute curiosity and desire to learn. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to always want to improve, which is a message we promote at PDP consistently. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the ego thing's a big one and it's not about the coach. It is about the players. And um, if you can put that aside, I think you're, you're on your way to, to being successful. Yeah. So... Going back to the original question, you know, I was asked what is coaching and I was allowed to pick six things that I thought were, you know, the most important in the process. And, and obviously, if you're only allowed to pick six, you're going to miss some out. So I'm not saying this is the list and, you know, this is the answer end of the discussion. But the six I went with were uh, know your players, know the game, know yourself, trust the process, opportunity and stay curious. So some of the things that we've already sort of touched on, know the players and, and know the game. What about sort of know yourself and, 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 and um, you know, your reference there about recognising that you haven't got all the answers and, you know, your journey as a coach is probably never finished. It's always, you know, there's always room for improvement. How important do you think that has been on your journey from sort of, like you said, to that 19, 20-year-old coach to the old man you are now? Yeah, well, that's a you know, seasoned campaigner <laughs> now. But no, I, I think it's key because... 
the more you understand your weaknesses and the more you understand your strengths, the more you will realize that, okay, well, I can bring this to the table whilst another coach might be able to bring something different. So, you know, you might be working with a coach who's got a very different style to you or perhaps doesn't plan the same as you, but then gets on the grass and lights it up and puts on really good sessions because perhaps their methodology or their style of working is different. Mm. Um, and as you've seen, you know, I've become much more engaged in the last few years with, with using things like iPads and technology and really filing my sessions and getting better at that because everything for me used to be written down and, and quite yeah. old school in the way I did it. So I think you've got to know what you're good at and then and, and make sure you continually you know, stretch yourself and your strengths, just like we talk about with our players. But also you've got to understand that you've got weaknesses and that's okay. You know, it doesn't matter if you aren't so good at, um, you know, perhaps you're not so good at the video analysis stuff, but you've got somebody who works alongside you who is. Um, Mm. But maybe you're really good at leading and inspiring and having fun with a particular age group. Um, So, you know, you've you've just got to know yourself in that perspective so that you do really have that self-awareness. Yeah. So how do you balance that off then? Because, you know, there is a lot of skills that you need to be a coach. So whether that's on the grass, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's PMA, whether it's completing session plans, talking to parents. So how do you balance off being a jack of all trades and actually, no, I'm really good at these two or three things. So so where is the level? You know, you can't be a 10 out of 10 of everything, but you might need to be a nine or an eight and a few things. How, how have you sort of balanced that off in your in your journey? I think it's just acceptance. I think it's, that's not to sound defeatist. It's just about saying, well, look, these are my attributes. These are the things that I'm good at. I'm going to continue to try and do this. So whether that's, you know, that you're a good organizer or you turn up early and your session's mapped out for the players and everything's ready to go. Um, you know, if you know that that's what you're good at, make sure you do it really well and be the best at what you can do. Um, but I think you also, as I said earlier, you've got to have that desire to learn, that curiosity, and you've got to want to make sure that you are constantly trying to learn so whether it's you know how to what software to use to store your sessions or what so um you know what you do in terms of video analysis or understanding how that works or or learning about a topic like psychology which is becoming so much more valued and important in modern sport and again led by by examples like the all blacks which we've spoken about many times before where that's getting so much more profile and the value on sports psychology um is really being emphasized that that might be an area that you think actually i'm not so clued up on that i'm going to go and go and do some courses on it or i'm going to go read about it or whatever so i think it's really important to make sure that you're just constantly pushing yourself along yeah, you always find a way to squeeze in the All Blacks. Don't you? Drop that bomb again, <laughs> didn't I? What, what about you, mate? I mean, if you if you think about the way you've evolved, you spoke about how you sort of, you know, become more in tune with the softer skills and so on. But do you think there's areas of expertise where you think, actually, that's that's my attribute and that's what I'm good at? So you just focus on it or? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I was going to ask you this question, but I think there's probably a link to that to how you see young players developing as yeah. well. Like everybody would like to be at a 10, a 10 at everything, you know, and passing, receiving, dribbling, shooting. And that doesn't really exist. Like how many players in the world are a nine or a 10 out of more than your three or four things. And so, you know, we talk a lot in these conversations and through the website about, you know, super strengths in it. You know, if a kid's really good at this one thing, we want to try and make them, I know you hate this word, we want to try and make them elite or the best they can be at, you know, the best dribbler rather than trying to make them, you know, an eight or 10 out of everything. And I think it's similar to coaching. I suppose you do want to be, you have to be a certain standard in everything, whether that's talking to players, psychology, classroom, using a computer, planning a session, um, you know, logistics of how do you get there and what bus are we getting? You have to be, you know, at least a five out of 10 and all those things. Otherwise it's not going to work for you. Mm. But you probably got a natural leaning to, to doing some things, whether that's your, your you know, your, your personality and your, your, your charisma or whether that's, you know, I'm really good at, at planning and setting up sessions and it's going to work like, you know, the timing is going to be absolutely perfect. Mm. And, and so I suppose, like you said, it's the self-awareness of, of, 
okay, I'm already quite good at these things, so I'm just going to nail these. So I'm going to be the best that can be at building relationships with eight-year-olds. Yeah. You know, the, the eight-year-olds are going to love my session because I can talk to them about their school life and yeah. the TV programs that they watch and, you know, fidget spinners and, you know, be, having, that sort of, having that sort of relevance to their conversation. And if you haven't got that, you might need to work on that, but you might have you know, the, the, the best understanding of what an under eight looks like. And he yes. needs to be able to be a specialist at, at these things. And so I can I can hammer that. And so it's about, you know, having that as a coach, having that super strength so you can, you know, you can you can help. So going back to the, 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 the title of the, the question, what yeah. is coaching? Can we make better people and better players? Just going back to, to my sort of list of six, yeah. one of the ones I put on there was opportunity. So that for me was opportunity for the players and opportunity for the coaches as well. How, how important do you reckon opportunity is on the, the player development pathway? Well, in terms of coaching, I think it's critical. So I think obviously players need a chance to be to be playing at different levels and exposed to different things, and coaches do as well. So I think you know I can look at it having coached in three different countries, and I know many of our our listeners and viewers have coached around you know different areas of the world, and I think each time you do it. A, you get put into a different culture, and B, you're sort of you might be working at a different level. So my transition coming over here to the UK, significant step up in the level and the quality of players, and suddenly you're realising actually I've really got to stretch these these players who are quality. Um, so how am I going to do that as a coach? So coaches need a chance to be outside their comfort zone, and I can look back, you know, a few years ago, I think I, I was put massively out of my comfort zone um, by coming up here, and I think it's really key that coaches are always striving to create opportunities, whether that's through you know, networking and, and trying, to, trying to meet people or go and observe, um, or just put themselves into environments because maybe they've been somewhere for a few years and they're a bit comfortable. So you've mm. got to be stretching yourself all the time and, and, and trying to create opportunities, really. Mm. And that probably links into the, the last one on my six, which is stay curious. So you know, probably one of the main reasons the Player Development Project came about was about you know, this informal learning and, and sort of sharing, sharing the... The, the, the knowledge that people have you know we can't all go on six different degrees that will teach us you know how to be a sports scientist and how to be a psychologist and but but you need those skills to be a top coach so you so you need you need that depth of, um, of understanding of knowledge and, and unless you've got the you know the time to study or the, the finances to study that you know you, you need to go to, to sort of different places so I think sort of bringing the, the, the conversation to a conclusion this is sort of you know where the PDP came about and, and, and how it's sort of been you know how it's evolved over the time. It certainly has, and I think that's the thing that we look at informal learning uh, as the majority part of the journey. You know, you can go do a course, and that's great, and you can learn a lot and pick up great things from great educators, um, but that's really a small percentage of what the what coaching is about. And I think it's about experiences. It's about putting yourself in different scenarios. It's about working with different age groups, working with different uh, colleagues at different clubs and, and getting a variety of experience before you become a little bit more firm in your own views, perhaps, as to what, what coaching is or what youth development is. Um, and it goes sort of towards that art versus science debate, isn't it? And personally, I would mm -hmm. say coaching's an art. It's developing people as an art. It's um, soft skills and leadership, and it, at times is supported by science, but we've always wanted to escape from the, I guess, the data-driven angle in sport that is about marginal gains and and defining everything um, through statistics because you can't with people. And I think it's mm. really important that we go, okay, we can measure how quick somebody moves, but that's irrelevant in terms of the person and developing developing the player in a broader sense. So mm. that's probably another conversation, but uh, yeah. but it's certainly I think, evolved. I think the science just helps you make a better decision yeah. rather, rather than drives the decision for you. So, you know, Cruyff talked about speed being insight. You know, my insight makes me look quicker than you, the fact that exactly. I can get there before you. So... You know, recording the speeds of nine-year-olds is great, 
but if one nine-year-old is more intelligent than the other, then he can be as fat as he likes. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> because, you know, um, Usain Bolt is not going to play up front for Manchester United. He doesn't no. have the skill set. No. He, might, he, he might do, I don't know. But at the moment, he doesn't seem to have the skill set. So I, I've always used the logic that the science helps, you know, the experts, or if we are the experts, the coaches make a better decision. Absolutely. Um, well, look... But, it's been a yeah, super broad question, but you know, something we could talk about for hours, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a fascinating question, and hopefully this generates a little bit of uh, discussion. And I guess most importantly, gets people reflecting on how they approach their coaching and what it is. So, Dan, thanks so much for flipping the question this week, and uh, we will look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.